Welcome to the first episode of Rough Cut. This is a creator podcast made by creators for creators. And today we're starting off with Jermaine. Hello, I'm Jermaine. Jermaine and I have worked together on a lot of film projects. We just brought in general doing photography for small businesses and just doing a lot of fun little things together. We also have Dylan, who is our operator today. Say hello. Hey yo, I'm the music man. He's the music man, even though we don't have music on. Music man. But yeah. Isn't that a musical? Yeah. yeah. They're having it with Hugh Jackman right now on They're Broadway. They're making another musical? Another music no, band? No, it's not a sequel. It's a new production of it. It's oh, the same show. Okay. I heard they're also making uh, another Shrek musical, I think. No, they're trying to make a sequel to Shrek and Coraline. As a musical? No, just another sequel. I got oh. it confused for a second. That's wild. Yeah, but they actually have a reference to Wolverine in the background of the musical. Why He's on they... the Wells Fargo, Fargo wagon. Wow. With the call outs. Hilarious. <laughs> Anyways, Jermaine, how are you doing today? I'm good. Doing swell. You? Swell. I am tired. Yeah. Tell I'm me about it. I'm very tired. The only thing that keeps me going is Red Bull that I'm not sponsored by. Red Bull yet. gives you wings. They don't. Because if it gives you wings, then you only have voice for 20 minutes until you die. But That would... Yeah, you fall to a gruesome death. But up until then, it's probably pretty great. Oh, obviously. Yeah. I want the ability to fly. I think probably the greatest ability you can have. Okay, this isn't about art at all, but let me just ask you. If you could have any three powers, what would they be in life? Flight. Because mainly just the freedom I would have with flight. Literally would be able to go anywhere. Maybe super strength, because the only eating a banana off camera. You no can't way. hear it. <laughs> Definitely hear it. <laughs> Sorry, but super strength is flight. Uh, yes, super strength, because I don't know. Super strength is cool. Come mm-hmm. on. And lastly, probably illusions. Okay. Yeah. Now let me ask you. So you pick your powers. Now, how would you use those to make you a better filmmaker? A better filmmaker. A better filmmaker. I would use the illusions as props. You wouldn't have to worry about props at all. You could even use your illusions as actors. Exactly. You, mm-hmm. you wouldn't have to hire actors. Yep. I could, with flight, I could, I'd be a better cameraman. I wouldn't, you wouldn't have you wouldn't the motion. You wouldn't yeah, I am the crane. Oh my God. <laughs> and then super strength, you wouldn't need like a super big rig. You could have yeah. like a tiny camera. Yep. Just be, you'd be a one-man show. Exactly. But the human the drone. Time, but at the same time, how come there's no superhero about there's to be a movie where they are a filmmaker. Imagine that a filmmaker with superpowers. Usually, superheroes or supervillains are too occupied with either destroying the world or helping the world. So, kind of, I don't. Here's, I, here's I, what I'm saying. You always see that. Yeah. Or you might see them like doing selfish purposes, but you never see them trying to do like a job. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That would be something interest, very interesting to watch. Seeing people with abilities having to work normal jobs but like at the same time you know they have abilities so they can be you know they can do whatever they want but you would have to try to put in a way where there's a reason why they're held down to these jobs see it's interesting because like going into like acting talking about artists Mm -hmm. but still talking about superpowers in the same kind of sense um there's a whole thing saying that like artists are kind of you know, neuro, not neurotypical, but atypical, which mm-hmm. means, you know, they have mental illnesses. And in a way, that kind of gives them a sense of 
like superpower, like superhuman abilities. Because like uh, ADHD kind yeah. of makes you see things a bit differently, or like you know bipolar depression or depression, you just see things slightly differently. And it's just kind of interesting to me because like in a way, it is a superpower. It's just not exactly what you would think. Yeah, I mean, just like X Men. Yeah, just like X Men. It's uh, well. You know, All artists are X-Men. Exactly with filmmaking comes, I believe, the uh, power of observation. Because you would have to watch a film and observe not only the shots, mm-hmm. but the locations of where they are. Mm-hmm. And also, it's just observation. Yeah. You just need it, to, you to understand. Like attention to detail yeah. and everything. You know, a lot of people do think that shooting a film is just, you pick up a camera, you point... Not <laughs> you pick up a camera, you point, shoot, and you're done. Yeah, it's a lot of work. Like, yeah, even making a very short thing, I find myself like, Oh, this is gonna be a short production, it's gonna be like two minutes, and then I end up writing five different documents for it because I have the script, yeah, I have the cast, the crew, whatever paperwork to organize, and then like, I'm always like, Oh, well, I want to make a shot list, and oh, I also want to make a prop list so I can like organize it better, and then a little two-minute project always ends up being like a week-long thing yeah no matter what it is that's always you know the struggle with filmmaking when you you believe something is going to be shot quickly and yeah you know you'll get it out within like maybe the week or two weeks but realistically that's not gonna happen see one of the first films that like i made for myself which i think you helped up helped out on and dylan was fresh air Mm -hmm. and fresh air is one of the weirdest productions for me because like i wrote that in like i think 2018 right and i didn't shoot it until like i think the summer or so yeah of 2019 and then i didn't finish shooting it until actually it was spring i started shooting summer i finished shooting and i didn't finish editing it until like 2020 and i didn't release it until like summer of 2020 so technically, I took two years to make a short film that's like, I don't even remember how long it is. I think it's like three minutes long, four minutes. About about five, close. Yeah, it was like five minutes. Or it's almost nothing, almost no dialogue or anything. And it took like maybe two days to actually shoot, but I took two, three years to make this. Yeah. And it's just so weird to think about. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, we worked on a lot of projects together. And a lot of times, we will, you know, Say, oh yeah, it's gonna be quick and easy, like in and out, and like never it never is. It never is because you'll always run into something, and you'll always have to adjust. Yeah, and like like being a filmmaker really is just being that's, able to. That's another thing of being able to adapt to exactly. your environment. Being able to like, okay, so this isn't going the way I wanted to. Let me readjust. Or like, yeah. oh, I want this to happen, but this person's idea is good, so maybe I should go with this. Mm-hmm. And like, you kind of don't see that going because there are a lot of people who see, you know, they want to make their film project. They have this vision, this very clear vision for what they want to do. And, you know, they need people to make it, and they can make it alone, but it's harder making stuff alone. Yeah. Like, I know that for sure, like, firsthand. Being a one-man team, especially without superpowers. You're wearing all the hats. It's incredibly hard, yeah. And, like, there's people who have this clear vision of what they want, but when they, like, you know, add on people, you add on producers, you add on editors, and actors or whatever everyone's gonna have a say in what they want in your movie in your vision and you always have to decide whether or not you want you know to adjust your vision 
to make it possibly be better or possibly be worse. You really yeah. don't know because like a vision is kind of more like an idea mm-hmm. of what you think it will be, and like you might think it's gonna be great. You know, you have you have this clear vision like, oh, this is gonna be a great movie. It's gonna be amazing, and it might not be that way. Yeah. So someone's idea might be better, or you might have a good idea, and someone's suggestion might make it worse. And you have to just be able to adapt. Yeah. Just be able to be like, all right, I'm going to make this choice. I'm going to listen to this person or I'm going to stick to what I want. Yeah. yeah. It's like a big buffet. Everyone's pitching in on something, but it's all got to mix together and complement each other. And it's so complicated because we've worked with so many different kinds of people. And when you have so many like different voices and opinions, it's really hard to come to an agreement into one thing. Oh, yeah. It's very difficult. It is incredibly difficult, especially when, like, you can tell that everyone just wants to make a good project. Yeah. Everybody's passionate about this project. It's just uh, the way it's performed is sometimes not as easy. Because, like, you know, going in, everyone wants something out of Mm -hmm. making a project out of a short film. You want, like, to either put in a festival, you want to show your friends and family, or you want it to be a part of your reel or you want to show your acting skills or get mm-hmm. better everyone going into this project always does have their own idea of what they're expecting mm-hmm. and it's hard to like i guess sometimes go to people with an idea and have them telling you like oh this is what i think would be better or this is what i think could be you know better mm-hmm. but at the same time i don't like your idea or blah 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 it's hard to hear that yeah because like you to you um especially if you've worked really hard on it mm. to you it's perfect to other people it may not be yeah it, and that's just like a big sense of like being an artist or creator as a whole is it, to you it has meaning and it's perfect mm-hmm. a lot of times um and sometimes you know maybe things aren't perfect because like if you have like imposter syndrome for example yeah it's hard to like have a work and think is this good enough or constantly changing it I find myself finding, like, going back to scripts I started and changing it. Yeah. Going back and be like, all right, this isn't good enough. I need to readjust this and rewriting a script. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a script that I've been showing you guys for, like, I think almost two years now. And I've changed it so many times. Yeah. I still have the original copy. I have, like, six different printed out copies of this, like, 15 to 20 page short that I just keep changing. And, like, I still keep going back to him and I reread him like, this could be better. I don't know if people are going to like this. I don't know if this is going to look good. Yeah. And I just need to like stop and be like, all right, let me take a chance. Uh-huh. Let me make this and let me connect with people with it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, hey, as long as you don't George Lucas it. Yeah. He's just, it is like a part of you. Every time you make a project, mm-hmm. you are putting out a part of you. And like, Getting recognition for it is, you know, great, but at the same time, you might not get what you're expecting. Yeah. And then, like, whenever you're really proud about this project and you, like, show someone the script and they're like, oh, I thought it was good, but you always get that but. And you just kind of sink inside. Yeah. It's like "Mm." a little bit of a confidence killer. Yeah. And then you just keep questioning yourself and keep going back to it, like, oh, maybe I should rewrite it. I've completely rewritten the script because of, like, one suggestion from a person. And I remember, like, you know, I remember what it was. Uh, it was from film when we were in school. 
uh, we were taking a class, and I had this monologue I wrote, and I brought it to class, I talked about it, and then someone had the suggestion that I work with another person's group. Mm -hmm. So I was like, all right, sure, I'll do that. And I thought they just, you know, wanted my monologue. But then they asked me to rewrite it to be more specific for the character they wanted. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I guess I can do that. And, like, I rewrote it, and they loved it, but I didn't. Yeah. So I was just like, this, this isn't what I wanted, but they like it, so does that mean it's better? Yeah. It, it confuses you. Yeah. Because you have no idea whether you did a good job or not. Because, you know, you do want to make your best work. Yes. And you want to be proud of it. But, like... If your worst work is on someone else's best work, then it doesn't really... Yeah, and, like, if you're not proud of it, but it makes other people happy, is it worth it at that point? That's kind of, like, another... That's the risk of film. Yeah. Is it's just something you have to decide. Something you have to jump at. I feel like... It's interesting. So I feel like a, there are different kinds of types of filmmakers. Mm -hmm. um, and they always make different types of film. Yeah. So you have the filmmakers who make like superhero-esque movies where it's very typical inspired by like, you know, Zack Snyder and Marvel and all this. And then you have the filmmakers who are very artsy and make a lot of abstract stuff yeah. and interesting and dream sequences. Mm -hmm. um, and then you have people who make a bunch of horror stuff. And then you have the people who are like more about the gear than actually the story. Yeah. And it's just interesting because um, have you ever heard of Tomska? A little bit, yes. Yeah. So he mm -hmm. um, he's a YouTuber in England who worked with uh, Ed. Gold. Ed, yeah. yeah. Ed's World. He made Ed's World. He's an animator and he died like years ago. I was really sad about it. Uh, they actually inspired me to be like a YouTuber and try to like make stuff. Yeah. But I was watching a Tomska video and in it he was uh, going through every one of his videos and talking like a little bit of like, fun fact about it. And like uh, he went to film school, right? Okay. He's a filmmaker. And he was annoyed because he said that every filmmaker makes a film in the woods or a dream sequence and i was like yeah that is entirely true that yes. is spot on that is so 100 and he always tried to be different about it so what happened was he made like a satirical like, making fun of that whole dream sequence thing made one put it in a festival and won wow and like i just think about that a lot because anytime i meet a filmmaker and you know they tell me their projects their ideas Everyone kind of just has the same idea. Mm -hmm. Like we've all made a film in the woods, yeah, pretty much together or separate. We've all had a dream sequence of some sort that we've made. Yeah, it makes you wonder. Like, uh, are all of our minds connected? It's just, it's just weird. Simulation. <laughs> We're all one. It's just like, you know, at that point, is it actually being creative? You know what I mean? Well, yeah. It's hard to be original, you know. Yeah. It's entirely original. Like what is technically what is original because yeah, you can go back in time and see things that are done new now, yeah. but have already been done. Yeah. yeah. The only difference is they tweaked it and mm -hmm. changed maybe a little bit of it or all of it. And like what is originality? Originality yeah. is kind of just it's not exactly real, but it is real. Yeah. My mm -hmm. whole thing about it with like film is that um 
you can be inspired by something. Here's a big thing for me. I can always tell when somebody is inspired by something or when they're mimicking it. Yes. When they see something and they're just trying to do it. Mm -hmm. And people who see it and like, oh my God, that's so cool. Let me figure out how I can take that and make it my own. Yes. That's inspiration. But then there's people who just directly copy like, okay, I like that this plot, I like these sequences, so I'm just going to do that. Yeah. And like, I find that like, a lot of the time, you'll see that like, the people who are just copying are just like, you know, aren't inspired by the works are the ones who are getting more recognition because it's like, it's familiar. Mm -hmm. So people are going to it like, oh my God, it looks so good, but they didn't have to put in that much work. Yeah. He was already there. Mm -hmm. It was kind of low hanging. But like, I'm always struggling with like, okay, am I being too cynical about this? Am I being like, too like, ah, no, gatekeeping art and filmmaking? Or am I like, you know, should I be encouraging people? Like, oh yeah, they're creating something because they're inspired by it. But I just struggle with that because I'm like, every idea is done in some capacity. Yes. So doing it right, doing it well, like, I feel like you can tell that. Like, one of the things that I learned from, like, working on film projects is, like, as a filmmaker and, like, as a director, you can tell when something's good or bad. Yeah, absolutely. And, like, I struggled for a long time with, like, people would show me their scripts, people would show me their, like, short films, and, like, I would always be like, is this bad or am I just being an asshole? Yeah, that's the same with <laughs> some, some, like, I'm going to throw out an example. Mm-hmm. Detective Pikachu. Mm-hmm. It was a great movie. But I I don't know if it was me or it was the movie, mm-hmm. but it felt like a college like a college kid wrote it and shot it because like a fan film. Yeah, it it felt like a fan film. I totally see that. Because actually. the girl, uh the detective girl, mm-hmm. she was a great actress, don't get me wrong. Oh yeah. But she something felt off. It felt like a school video, with when her character it came in. Did when like obviously Ryan Reynolds carried the entire movie. Yeah, I mean but, Ryan Reynolds. He was just playing Deadpool. Yeah, he was just Deadpool Pikachu. Yeah. But exactly. Deadpool for kids. Exactly. <laughs> but it's it it also like the CGI is great. Mm-hmm. It's pretty on par with like, move like uh the games and stuff like that. And like, don't look terrible. Char- yeah, the characters look like their characters. Yeah, you could tell that they like actually put effort into mm-hmm. like making the character. It's just the the acting was kind of off when I it came to like that. anybody who wasn't Ryan. Yeah, it, it was a little off. And like my biggest thing about that is I feel like the reason why they did that, why they had that kind of like issue with like the separation of Ryan and other characters, is the fact that they were like, I think they were like tiptoeing across a somewhat adult movie mm-hmm. and a movie that could be for kids yeah and because of that it didn't fully mesh together so you yeah. have like you know i forgot his name like what was the guy's name the kid know. yeah the kid and like you know the detective yeah. girl they felt like a teenage kind of like cartoon yeah. or like series and then you have ryan reynolds character and you're like oh deadpool yeah that's all you're thinking and it's just like you know he's making a somewhat adult jokes and in somewhat adult situations yeah but at the same time you have them acting very childlike, even mm-hmm. though they are supposed to be young adults. So it just didn't fully mesh, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It sucks they're not making any more of those because 
I think they had a lot of potential. Oh yeah, they could have definitely uh, if they wanted to make a sequel. I'm sure they could look at their previous movies, see what they've done wrong, and yeah. or just, just make it better because Sonic, Pokemon stuff in general. Yeah, Sonic so much. was amazing. Sonic, Sonic was on like a whole different level. I don't know, like from the from Detective Pikachu to Sonic, it was like a like, like a, a stark rocket contrast. shot up in the air. I know. It's just it's so interesting to think that like the best movies or like not even the best movies but movies that are really popular really good just heavily cgi yeah and like i kind of have a you know it's an in-between thing we can go like more in depth about this on, like, yeah a different i feel podcast. like it, it might it's like practical props are great cgi yeah. is great but too much of either could absolutely ruin a movie and that kind of like you know kind of brings back to the whole originality thing is that like I feel like sometimes a lot of movies rely so heavily more on CGI yes. that they aren't going as much into the story. And at that sense, they're taking a typical plot, but making some cool CGI characters and distracting you. And that's what you think is cool. Mm-hmm. That's why you're watching it, the CGI characters, not yeah. because of the story. Yes. Because it's a story you've seen before, but the characters, oh my God. They look crisp. They look pristine. Ooh, they look so realistic. Yeah, crispy. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember the movie. There was a very specific movie that I thought about this with. with. It was like a very popular movie too, and I didn't like it because I was like, "There's no plot. It was boring. Besides, like the cool characters in it, there wasn't anything in it." I'm trying to remember what movie. It was. Ready Player One. Ready Player One was interesting. Um, it took me a while to watch it, just because. Yeah, like, it took me a while to watch it too. You know, I just like, still haven't. I have the interest <laughs> in it because it's like you know, oh my god, pop culture. But, like, it's fan service. Yeah. You know, it, it felt too, like, disjointed from the real world. Because I, I think that was kind of... Point. The, uh, yeah, I felt like that was the idea. Like, the thing is, is that, like, it's a complete throw-off from the real world because it's dystopian. Yeah. And then you're getting thrown into this utopia. And it's just beautiful. so cool. But, yeah. like, the plot is very, like, it's the Goonies. Mm-hmm. The plot is the it's Goonies. It's the Goonies, yeah. Finding a treasure, following a map, unlikely friends. That's literally it. Isn't that so funny that you can actually like just say that so many movies are just the Goonies? <laughs> literally, you can just say it's like, oh, it's the Goonies. Yeah. Like, Rugrats, they're the Goonies. The Rugrats are the Goonies. Or maybe the Rugrats are the Goonies are the Rugrats. I don't even know. Yeah. Yeah. What is your favorite childhood movie? Brother Bear. I remember Brother Bear. Wow. Yes. Yeah. Brother Bear. I when I watched that movie for the first time, I honestly like I fell in love. You fell in love. Absolutely. With that filmmaking movie. or the bears. Yes. Mm. <laughs> uh, no, the plot of the movie. It's it's like But if you think about it, it's the good <laughs> I mean in a way, not really. It comes, it's not, in a way, in a way it's treasure is. planet. Because, or a goofy I mean, movie. <laughs> because it's it's like you know um this guy meets this group of people or person mm-hmm. and they have to kind of adjust to this new environment or yeah. this new world so that's pretty much treasure plan that's true where the kid goes to he meets silverhand silverhand john silver john silver, silver. i'm sorry i don't i'm silver thinking of cyberpunk yeah. Um, John's he meets John Silver and John Silver takes him to 
other worlds, different places, and he, you can tell he's very excited to be mm-hmm. with John Silver. But you can also see that he has to adapt to how John Silver does things because yeah. it's not yeah. typical to what he's used to. You might need to see it again, but your heart's in the right place. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've been talking for almost half an hour now, mm. so I think we should wrap up this first episode. Okay. Ooh. But uh, thank you for watching or listening. Uh, this is the first episode. We're gonna try to do this more often. Absolutely. This is fun. Yeah. It, it was a annoying to set up just because of how much took a while. stuff we have yeah um if you're listening to this we're also filming this so we have lights camera and everything set up um we even have like a little set we did but it, it was a lot put a lot of effort into it so we appreciate you watching um um i'm glad we figured it out though yeah we figured it out and it was an effort but yeah we got it and we're gonna do more of these so yeah we'll see you next time just see you next time. Yeah. Goodbye. Josh, Goodbye. Josh, I, Dylan. We'll see you next time. Dylan's on This is Planet Grim. This is Planet Grim, yeah. Planet Welcome Grimm. to my planet.